Thank you, choir. That was wonderful. That was, uh, you could really hear the voices blend together on that. That was great. And, it, and it's a perfect choice for uh, the, the sermon today. In fact, that was the song that I almost chose to have as our hymn of preparation. So that was a spot-on selection. Let us pray. Lord, we believe, we know that your spirit is here among us, and through the movement, through the call of that spirit, you invite us. You invite us into your presence now. You invite us to go deeper, to know you more. So, Lord, we accept that invitation at this time. We ask that you open our hearts to receive these words which are about to be read. We ask that these words that are read, that they will be more for us than just some passage we may or may not be familiar with, but will be something life-changing and transforming. Allow this word to take root in our hearts, to shape us and to mold us, so that we can become the people that you long for us to be. Bless the reading and the hearing of this word. Bless the time that we have in the presence of each other and in the presence of your Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the reading of the word. Our scripture today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 3. Verses 1 through 17. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I grew up uh, during an era that some people might consider exciting. I was right on the cusp of the technology development when things started to really pick up as far as, you know, computers and, and things like that. And, uh, and so one of the things that was going on when I was a kid was video games were becoming more and more common. They were becoming more and more popular. And I didn't play many of them. We didn't have really any video games in, in the home that I grew up in. But, um, but whenever I would go over to one of my friend's houses, I would love to play the video games there. And I remember being fascinated by just the, the, the graphics and thinking, wow, look at those graphics on, like, you know, the original Donkey Kong, which was, if you look at it now, it's just a bunch of pixelated blobs. But, but I remember as a kid being fascinated by that. One of my favorite games to play was Mario Kart, which is the, you know, the Super Mario Brothers and some of their friends. And they race these race cars around and, and you try to win and, and you're going to different levels. And so the way video games work is, is you, you beat one level and you get to go to the next. Well, like I said, I wasn't very good because I, I rarely got to play. But when I did, I loved being able to finally get to that next level to see what it looked like. And on Mario Kart, you had all these different lands. Like you, you would, if, if you could race on this racetrack, then the next one would be on a beach, and you would race on a beach, and everything looked different, and everybody looked different, and it was, it was just really cool. And and then if you got past that, then you could go, you know, race in the snow or something like that. And so everything would look different and become more involved the further along you got in the levels. Well, since we started the new year, we've been going through the Gospel of John and we've been talking about experiencing Jesus on newer levels. We've been talking about what it means to actually have this personal relationship with Jesus and to see the way he can transform our lives and add so much more to it, more levels to it, more color to it, more characters to it. And we do this when we go deeper into our relationship with him, and of course he invites us to do that. So our goal is to look at these these familiar passages, these familiar stories, and then let them draw us into a deeper level of relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what's happening here in this passage. More so than any other passage we've read so far, uh, probably more so than, than many of the other passages in Scripture, Jesus is inviting us into that deep relationship right here. Now it says Nicodemus came to him in the dark. He came to him by night. Now throughout the Gospel of John, this, this means something. This is symbolic. John talks a lot about light and darkness. Right there in the first chapter, he talks about God being the light that came into the world of darkness. And so this is a recurring theme. We see throughout uh, the Gospel of John, people coming to Jesus in the dark, meaning they're coming from a place of unknowing. They're coming from a place of, of maybe ignorance or just spiritual blindness. And we see Jesus throughout the Gospel of John giving sight to blind people. Now, John used this as a literary device, but it, it happened. It was real. God orchestrated these events, but then he revealed to John how these events symbolized other things, other truths, eternal truths. 
And so what's happening is throughout John and, and throughout the actions of Jesus, things are happening on multiple levels. There are layers going on. Yes, a blind man receives his sight, but it also means that we can receive spiritual sight from Jesus. Nicodemus coming to him at night, the dark, uh, part of that was because he didn't want to be seen. He was a Pharisee. He didn't want to be seen going to, to this uneducated rabbi. And so he went at night, and so that, was, that actually happened. But then on a deeper level, it was also symbolic of how he was coming to Jesus from a place of spiritual darkness. And so we see that there are these layers, there are these levels going on. And Jesus spoke this way. Jesus spoke in layers, really. If you think about the parables, he's, he's telling a story, which is always an interesting story. But then if you get into those parables, you see the layers going on. You see that there is depth there. The prodigal son's a good example. You can read the prodigal son. You hear the story about the son who wanders off and then realizes how good he had it. And he comes back. And we can read that and we can all identify in some way with that. But we can read it again and we can also identify with the older brother who said, why is that guy getting what I should have? And we can read it again we can identify with the father who longs for his son to be returned home. And so we, these parables that Jesus tells, they're, they're, they're filled with layers, with spiritual truth. And it just be, it's, it's complex, but the more we read them, the more we pray on them, the more we, we dive into them, the more is revealed to us through them. And that's how Jesus spoke, and that's how he spoke here to Nicodemus. We call the scriptures, we call the Bible, the living word. The reason we call it that is because it can meet us where we are no matter where we are. We can read a passage and it can be true for us and it can inspire us and it can teach us and God can reach us through it in one way. And we can come back to that same passage 15 years later, a completely different season in life, and God can speak to us in a whole new way through that same passage. And so we call it the living word. It is a living text. God breathed. Now, in the first chapter, a few weeks ago, we talked about John saying, Jesus was the Word made flesh. So if, if Scripture can do that for us, if Scripture can, can unravel all this depth about God to us, then obviously the Word made flesh, who is Jesus Christ, can do the same thing. And so that's why Jesus tells parables. That's why he ends his parables with things like, He who has ears, let him hear. And Jesus is doing the same thing here with Nicodemus. And he tells Nicodemus, unless you've been born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Meaning there's a whole other dimension all around you. Remember what Jesus said, the kingdom is among you. There's a whole, this whole other world around you, going on around you, beside you, within you. And unless you've been born again, you can't see it. You don't know it. But it's real it's happening there. And that's what he's saying when he says, you must be born again. Now, I almost hate to use that phrase because it's become so cliche, it's become almost meaningless. People toss that around. Well, he's a born-again Christian, I'm a born-again Christian, they're born-again Christians. And we say that, and I think a lot of times we miss what we're actually saying or what somebody's actually saying. And it almost just becomes like this catchphrase to say that we, we believe in Jesus, so we're born again. But I want to talk a little bit about what Jesus was actually saying here. The word that he used is actually anothan, which means born again. 
It also means born anew. And it also means born from above. You see, Jesus was playing with words here. He was speaking on different levels at the same time. And Nicodemus, who's coming from the dark, who doesn't understand these things, he he doesn't get it. And he hears what Jesus says, and and, and he kind of turns into a smart aleck. He says, well, how can I go back into my mother's womb and be born again? How can I be born again at my age? And he's not hearing what Jesus is actually saying. He's saying born again, but at the same time, he's also saying born from above. And Jesus continues. He goes on talking this way. He says, you don't know which way the wind is blowing. It blows where it will. But the word he uses for wind is pneuma, which also means spirit. And then again, he says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, the Son of Man must be lifted up. And he's talking about lifted up as in glorified, but he's also talking about lifted up on the cross. So Jesus is playing with language here. He's speaking on different levels. He's saying this is a deep, complex experience that I'm inviting you into. And no matter where you are, you can be drawn into this. As long as you're willing to see past this one-dimensional thing, this, this idea, this notion that you've got already. Nicodemus was coming from the dark, but he thought he had it all figured out. He says, we know who you are. No, he didn't. He didn't know who Jesus was. Jesus was saying, do not limit your ideas. Do not limit your experiences. Do not think of everything as just this flat, one-dimensional, what you see is what you get. There is more. When you are dealing with God, when you are dealing with a relationship with Jesus, there is always more. There is always a next level, something deeper to be experienced. And that's why he says, there's a kingdom. It's all around you. And you can't see it unless you've been born from above. Now, I've been talking about this the past few weeks, talking about the Christ in me connecting with the Christ in you. And we think of church as this building or a group of people that all like the same worship style or that come to the same place. And That's not what church is. Church is when... A believer in Jesus Christ and another believer in Jesus Christ, they get together and the Christ in me sees and meets the Christ in you and together we become the body of Christ. That's when church happens. That's what church is. And I've been saying that for, for a few weeks now. And, uh, and this past week, Roger told me in the office, uh, he said, you know, when, when you said that, I thought about E.T. He said, you know, they got the, the heart light. You know, when you turn your heart light on, and he said, it, it, it's, it's kind of like that, right? And then he said, it gives a whole other meaning to where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am also. That Roger's pretty deep. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to turn the pulpit over to you and let you. But that's what happens. We, we have Christ in us. We've been born anew, and we experience Christ within us. And we get together, and, and, and what, is, what is good in there, what Christ has been born, that fruit of the Spirit, is brought out by the fruit of Spirit in you. And in that moment, the kingdom of God is alive and at work. And if we've been born from above, that can happen, and we can witness it happen. But if we haven't been born above, we'll just miss it. It'll go right past us. Now, I want to go back to that phrase, born again. I, I, I said I didn't like it uh, for, for a few reasons. One, one of the reasons is it, it kind of becomes a stumbling block. 
When people toss out that phrase born again, a lot of times what they're saying is, I had this moment where my life was transformed in that instant and I became a new person. And I, I totally believe that is, that is warranted. I believe that people have that experience. But the problem with that is not everybody who follows Jesus Christ has that lightning bolt moment. And, and if you hear, you know, born again, I had this, and, and, and I know people like this. They say, well, at 11.53 a.m. on March the 3rd, 1972, and on the fifth pew of, of my home church, I invited Jesus into my life, and my life was changed. Praise God for that. That's wonderful. But we don't all have that experience. And so when we hear that, sometimes uh, if, if we haven't experienced something like that, we can, we can say, oh, well, Am I really saved? Do I really have eternal life? Does God really love me? Listen, there are no limits to God's love. There is no limit to the experience you can have in Jesus Christ. And to, to take that phrase born again and to limit it to that, like it's, like it's a stamp. You get your stamp and now you go to heaven. To limit it to that completely flies in the face of what Jesus is actually saying here. Jesus is saying, I am more than just the flesh you see which is in front of you. I am the Son of God. And life is more than the flesh you are born into and die in. There's a life that you're born into through the Spirit, and it does not die. The kingdom is all around you, but you cannot see it unless you've been born from above. Jesus is saying, I am not one-dimensional. God is not one-dimensional. The kingdom of God is not one-dimensional. And I don't want your life to be one-dimensional either. In other words, we can all experience Jesus in the way that Jesus invites us to experience him. And it can look different for some people. It can be that lightning bolt moment. For other people, it can be more like a sunrise. Something that we grow into so slowly and then we realize one day, that we are walking with Jesus Christ. And this is biblical, I believe. If you look in the New Testament, you see Paul. What happened to Paul? He was walking on, on the road to Damascus, hit with a blinding light. Life transformed in an instant. But then one of Paul's disciples and helpers, Timothy, was different. He grew up in the faith. He experienced Jesus even as a child and grew into that. So we see that we don't experience Jesus all the same way. And if we did, it would be stale and boring and routine. And that's the whole point. Jesus is saying, I'm not one dimensional. I'm not one size fits all. There is depth here. There are levels here that I'm inviting you to step into and experience the fullness of. And if we're willing to go to that next level, we'll see that there's so much more going on. Just like those video games where the colors are different, the land is different, and even the people are different. When we are born anew, when we start to experience Jesus in new ways, everything begins to look different. Because we are seeing into this whole other world. We are seeing the kingdom come alive. As Christians, we say that we can find peace in the midst of our turmoil. We can find joy in the midst of our sorrow. But how? How can we do that unless we believe that there is this other dimension, there is this other kingdom, there is this other thing going on around us that is unseen? That's how we can accept the darkness of the world, by knowing that the light of Christ is around us.
that it is present, that God is with us. Keith Green was a Christian singer back in the 70s, and he had a song, Your Love Broke Through. He said, like a foolish dreamer trying to build a highway to the sky, I was lost. All these wasted years, I never could see why, until one day you pulled away the clouds that hung like curtains on my eyes. He goes on to say in the, in the chorus, like waking up from the longest dream, how real it seemed, until your love broke through. You see, we can live life seeing only what is right in front of us. Only seeing one dimension. But God is inviting us into something deeper. His love is breaking through that one dimension and wanting to pull us into the next level to experience Him in deeper ways. Now we, we confess this every week. When the offering plates come up here and I pray, use these gifts and advance your kingdom here on earth. You know, it, it kind of gets routine. You hear it every week. And we think of offering as, okay, well, I'm going to put some money in here. This is my money. It's going in here, and then it's going to be used for good, and it'll probably help somebody somewhere. And that's it. But no, on the deeper level, what we are saying is the kingdom of Christ is alive because we are sacrificing something. There is sacrifice going on, and in that sacrifice, a resource is being used to transform somebody else's life. And that's the kingdom of God. That's Christ alive in us, through us, using us to transform something else. And so when we say use this to advance your kingdom, we are saying your kingdom is all around us. And your kingdom is alive and you are working through us and through whatever you are calling us to do. Now I want to say one more thing about being born from above. When you are born, you grow. Being born again, like I said, when people reduce their Christian experience to that, that catchphrase and they think of it as just this moment in time that kind of gave them their, their, their stamp so they can get into to heaven one day, that, that, that reduces everything to a superficiality. In reality, when we are born from above, when we are born again, whatever phrase you like to use, we are changed. And it may be a slow change. Or it may be instantaneous. But it's the process of sanctification. It begins right then and there. And it may take years. It may take weeks. It may take minutes or seconds even. But we begin to grow. When a child is born in the flesh, it grows from there. If a child is not born, or, or if a child is born and is not growing, then it is not living and it's the same thing with us. If we claim to be born again or born from above, but we're not growing, then that eternal life that we claim to have, it's not flourishing. It's not happening. And it's just like a tree. When it sprouts up through the ground, it continues to grow, reach towards the heavens. And when it stops doing that, that's when it begins to die. So when we say that we are born again, when we say that we are born above and that we are experiencing Jesus, it has to be an experience that we carry with us, that we continue to grow, that we continue to walk with Him, that we continue to allow that new life to transform us forever. And that's what eternal life is. Jesus was not simply a man who lived and taught and healed and then bled and died and rose again and ascended to heaven. 
just so we could go to heaven with him one day. All of that is true and all of that is wonderful. But we can't reduce the person and, and the acts of, and the power of Jesus Christ to just simply that. Because he's so much bigger than that. God is bigger than that. Jesus lived and still lives so that we can experience the fullness of God and the kingdom of God right here and now, even as we look forward to the coming kingdom that awaits us. Jesus was not and is not one-dimensional. And he does not want our understanding of him to be one-dimensional either. With God's help, those curtains on our eyes can be lifted. We can see and know Jesus. We can see and know the kingdom if we are born from above. Let us live our lives on that other level, the spiritual level, the level of Jesus Christ and his kingdom, which even right now is here among us. May we have the eyes to see it, the ears to hear it, and the heart to believe it and receive it. Let us pray. Lord, we confess that so often we get consumed by what is right in front of us. And in those moments, Lord, our faith is weakened simply because we cannot see the ways in which you are here among us, working around us and working within us. And so, Lord, we ask for illumination. We ask that you open our eyes and our ears and our hearts so that we can... See and receive the light that you shine on us and around us. Let that light shine through us and let it connect with each other so that where two or three are gathered, your kingdom may grow. That Christ may be alive and at work in the world around us. We pray all these things in the holy name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our hymn of invitation this morning is Hymn of Promise. That's hymn number 707 in the United Methodist Hymnal. If you've made a decision of any type today, I invite you, I encourage you to come forward and share that with us. I want to remind you the altar is always open for anyone who wishes to come forward and spend a few moments in prayer here. But please stand if you are able. Join us in singing hymn number 707.